Okay, welcome Avril. Thank you for coming, showing up, not coming. <laughs> Hi, nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. It is absolutely well, it's, my pleasure. It's my pleasure to have you on. I haven't had anybody to talk about relationships yet. So, and I think it's also interesting to talk about it now with all the COVID going on, like all the lockdowns and things like that. Um, and maybe, the, well, the first thing that I would want to ask you is something that I think everybody asks in any field, like what are the relationship secrets that nobody oh. knows? <laughs> oh my gosh, relationship secrets. So, you know, um, well, I'll just first start by saying I, I am Averell M. Smith. I am a certified dating and relationship coach, former matchmaker, and now founder and CEO of Seeking Synergy. And I help single women break the toxic dating cycle and let go of the emotional baggage so they can attract and maintain the healthy relationships that they desire and most certainly deserve. Because people are wanting and needing healthy relationships, right? But most people don't know how to go about doing yeah. it. Some people have never had you know, a healthy relationship in their entire life, but I'm sure they've dreamed of it. Yeah. I'm certain that they have, you know, um, but when you don't know, you know, you can actually apply certain things to your relationships and in your life. So, so yeah, the five secrets that I, that what I call secrets to remodel your relationship from routine to remarkable, they are actually from my masterclass. And they're, like I said, there are five of them. And we can jump right into them. And yes, and I yeah, expect let's you to, go. Let's go. <laughs> I expect you to be interactive with them because I'm certainly oh, going to yeah. ask questions as I cover them. So the first secret is a secret of focus. Now, I call this a simple yet powerful secret. It's all about focusing on you being your authentic self, you know, building your self-confidence, your self-esteem, you know, um, self-love is key to finding true love. And when you're confident in who you are, you attract like-minded people. You know, it, you, you, it has to start with you. It has to start with you. With, you know, the, with working on yourself, uh, how, let's say, how can, I think it might be challenging to, let's say, work on yourself as you are in relationship because like you, you have to divide your attention many times to like your work, your partner, um, and also, I think what you said about putting yourself first, it also might be the challenge that, well, it's, it's hard to put yourself first a lot of times, or many people find it hard to put themselves first. So maybe how can, what, what kind of mindset they need, or how can they learn to start to like put themselves first and take care of themselves? Well, the, the first thing, Astra, is what is important is that before you even get into a relationship, you need to be what I call the best version of yourself mm, yeah. because, you know, you need to be, you, you're not looking for that person to complete who you are, right? You should be a whole individual by yourself. You recognize that you're responsible for your own happiness. You know, you, if you've wanted to travel the world, if you wanted to start your own business, go ahead and get all those things done, you know, just go for it. You know, um, you, we all have dreams and aspirations, you know, goals and aspirations, make those happen. You know, don't just sit around perhaps waiting for a partner who can contribute to anything that you want to accomplish in life. Go ahead and do that for yourself. 
you actually know, that um, brings me like another question um which yeah. i think we talked about last time we had conversation how to be single or like how to approach being single because there's a lot of times i think people even want to um run away from being single or shy away from being single by getting in relationship but i definitely agree to what you're saying that you have to be a whole person by yourself before you get in relationship um and that's what i usually tell people until you are ready to be alone for the rest of your life you're not ready for a relationship because then you will try to have that other person to fulfill something that you haven't fulfilled within yourself so maybe like what would be your advice professional advice on like how to be single or how to approach being single well you know astra it all starts with your mindset you know we we've heard it but some of us don't actually realize just how powerful our mind is yeah you know it all starts with your mindset and so you know i tell women that being alone does not equate to loneliness Like I love my alone time. It does not equate to loneliness. And you know, we have to like I said um focus on having that mindset where you understand that being single may just be temporary and even if it's a longer temporary situation than you really want it to be, it is important to know what um you know, being alone and getting ready for a relationship looks like like you don't just jump into a relationship because you're lonely you know you're running on emotions you're going to more than likely pick a loser who's yeah. going to definitely thrive off the fact that you're desperate for a relationship you know and more than likely he will not be someone that is a match for you you know it's someone who's more than likely someone who more than likely would be taking advantage of the fact that you are needy and clingy you know that's the last thing you want to do so it is it is all about knowing who you are loving who you are you feeling confident in your body feeling confident in your skin feeling confident in where you are in life and even if there are things that you know you want to improve about yourself because we all have things that we want to improve about ourselves you do that but you do that because you want to not because you know someone else recommended it not because you're trying to be who you think this man wants you to be you know it has to be all about you but it all starts with your mindset and who you are if you believe in yourself if you feel you're enough and unfortunately a lot of people don't feel that they are enough and they go seeking for what like you said you know someone else who may fill that void yeah it's so what would you say is that you said you have to which is something that was i really like paid attention to what you said when you said that you have to prepare for a relationship you don't you don't just like jump in it or and even even like um I think many times people might be like yeah but I have well maybe like what would you say to somebody who was like I have never been out of a relationship I don't know how to be alone I don't want that I need somebody in my life so maybe how to work with that like what would be how you start maybe okay let's say how you start working with when you feel like you need somebody how you learn to be alone and then what would be the process of um 
getting ready for a relationship? Well, I guess the starting point would be finding out, you know, the backstory of why that person feels that they need someone, that they that they don't know how to be alone, that they don't want to be alone. Because, you know, there's always a backstory. We all have stories, yeah. right? We all <laughs> have a story to tell. So there is something, there's some underlying factor that has, you know, that would have that, that woman thinking that, she doesn't want to be alone, that she doesn't, she can't be alone. You know, she needs someone in her life. And it would be getting to the root of that to truly understand how to help her move forward and get her mind in the right, you know, place to where she understands that, you know, like I said, being single temporarily is not a bad thing, but you have to be ready for a relationship in order to be, um, to be the kind of partner where you can, be a whole person in that in that relationship, not a half person and thinking the other person is going to complete you yeah. or to substantially provide, you know, um, value in that relationship, you know, to bring all the goodness that we have inside of all of us. But if you don't feel that you are enough, if you don't feel that you're valuable and that you can bring that value to a relationship, then Yes, you need to stay single and the need to be in a relationship should be put on the back burner because you definitely have, you need to have the right mindset. So it would be working on finding out what is the root of, you know, that woman thinking that she doesn't want to be alone. She doesn't need to be alone, but that she needs to be in a relationship because something is causing that. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so what is the process of like, let's say, before you get in a relationship, if let's say you have you have worked with the mindset, is there anything else that you should work on before you get in a relationship or you start to like look for your partner? Yep, you definitely you need to know who you want to share your heart and your life with. And so what I like to talk to my clients about when it relates to, when it relates to that is think of it this way. What do you do before you go to the grocery store? What do you do? Yeah, we'll make a list. <laughs> you make a list. And why do you make a list? Usually you make a list. If you don't make a you list, then you just end up buying whatever. <laughs> there you go. So why do you make a list? Yeah, well, to know what to buy or, yeah, pretty much like to be clear on what you want. Absolutely. There you go. And also not Think to waste your time. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. You took the words out of my mouth. I knew you were going to say <laughs> That is exactly the same concept, Astra, that you should that you should put in place when looking for a partner. You make a list, you make a you have a well thought out and written list of who your ideal partner is. Now, of course, you won't have a name or a face, right? Yeah. But you have the qualities that he must have, you know what personality traits he must have, you know what you absolutely need him to have, your must-haves. I call them your must-haves and your must-have-nots. You know, um, you'll know what deal breakers should signal the end of your relationship. You know, um, I think it's safe to say that most people get in relationships based simply on an attraction, right? You see someone you're attracted to or someone is attracted to you. Or like maybe the first impression that you get as well. Correct. And that's how most relationships start, you know, but just having that attraction is not sufficient. Like you need to have, 
you need to have like what I call a well thought out and written list of your ideal partner. And you know, another thing that's important is knowing what your values are. I call them key life values because you want to have a partner who has similar values because those values are what will hold your relationship together when those storms come. Not if, right? It's not if the storms are going to come, it's when. Yeah. So you need to know who you want to share your heart and your life with. You have to have someone who can relate to you on, you know, your your values when it comes to family and um, your beliefs and, you know, um, you know, honesty. And you just need to have someone who can relate to you on the same level when it comes to what I consider your key life values. I think another important thing is critical. Yeah, keep going. No, 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 you go ahead. Oh, you're done? Okay. Um, I think another important thing. Yeah, I was basically basically (laughs) for that part. Okay. Uh, The other thing that I would add actually is maybe to make another list of who you need to become to attract that person. Because I think many times you make this list and you just sit and wait for that person to arrive. But you actually have to become somebody who that person actually will want to be around. It's not enough just to update your list. Perfect. And perfect. I'm glad you say that because, and that's why, yes, we work on becoming a better version of yourself first. Yes. Like that is the first thing that we work on because, you know, you can't, you can't want to have someone with all these qualities and all these attributes (laughs) and you don't even match up to that person. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, and um, then you're, you're surprised why nothing is happening. Well, you, you're exactly. just not at their level. <laughs> exactly. Like you have to be the person that you also want to attract on some level. You know, it's it's only fair. It's only fair. So, yes, we absolutely work on getting you to being a better version of yourself, improving anything that you need to improve about yourself, whether it's about your mindset, you have self-sabotaging beliefs, you know, you need to increase your self-esteem, your self-confidence, you know, yes, definitely. That is important before you actually try to attract the right partner because, you know, you, what you put out into the universe is what comes back to you. So the energy you're putting out determines the type of person you're going to attract. So yeah, yes. I think that's something that like everybody needs to remember because I have had <laughs> several people tell me like, how do I track the right person? Well, I'm no relationship expert. Like that's that's not what I specialize in. But I usually tell them like you can't attract the person you, you want to have in your life just by staying where you are. Like why exactly. why would they? Well, no offense, but why would they want you if you are exactly. maybe below their level? And it's like not to offend them, but it's just a fact. Like if you want to attract it's that person... They have to see some value in you for you to attract them. So just agree. start to work on yourself and you. And I think another thing is that when you start to work on yourself, you naturally create a bigger gap between people that you might be, might have dated before that you're like, oh, yeah. this is not that like attractive or interesting for me anymore because now I'm like level up. You certainly have leveled up. Absolutely. That is so true. You know, and, and to add to that, it is, it is so important that, you know, when you start dating and wanting to attract the right man, you do not, you do not um, lower your level 
or lower your standards because he isn't able to level up to yours. But you keep your standards at that level that you want them at. And don't think that they're too high or that, you know, that you need to lower them somewhat. I'm sure, you know, women do that all the time, right? They're going to lower their standards a little because they're going to think that they're eliminating so many men. And we already have a shortage and (laughs) the pool is low. (laughs) The pool is low. And so they're going to eliminate even more if they start lowering their standards. But that's where we definitely go wrong. You keep those standards because there are good men out there. There are men that are looking for the kind of relationship that, you know, most women are also looking for. So yes, you do not lower your standards because he's not willing to level up to yours. You wait until you find someone who is. I think that's, that's also where patience comes in. It Absolutely. I absolutely not like agree. wanting to rush things because I think it really depends on what kind of relationship you are after. If you're looking for somebody to like spend the rest of your life with, like you, you can't even get to know them within a month. Like it will take you time to actually get to know them and like not like inside out but get to know them good enough where you can start to even consider whether you want to spend time with them but like it, it's not just the way they look or the way they are it can be how they approach different situations and you can't really yeah. see that unless you are with them like long enough to be in those situations <laughs> that is so true like you want to when you start dating you need to see that man in his element. You need to see how he is around his family, how he treats his mom, you know, because that that factors into how he's going to treat you, right? Um, you need to see him when he's angry. You yeah. need to know what he looks like when he's angry, how he behaves when he's angry, you know? Um, that way you'll know if you can expect him to lash out at you. You know, if he's going to be disrespectful to you, if he, is he able to maintain his composure when he is angry? Is he going to take out his frustrations on you? Yeah, you know, it's actually, need- it's funny because um, I was listening Jordan Peterson. He said, I think there was a question, what would you advise a young couple? And he was like, learn how to argue. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that is important. That is so key, Austria, because, you know, I tell women all the time, time conflict in your relationship is not bad to a certain point but it's how you handle it so when people say that they don't have any conflict that is some crap if you (laughs) ask me you know because what that means is that there are issues that they're not handling because you're two different individuals now clearly you know you have similar values you have a bond you know, your team, you know, teamwork makes a dream work, your team, but at the same time, you're two separate individuals. So you're not going to agree on everything. So there's always going to be some level of conflict, but conflict to a certain point is not bad. It's just how you handle it. And so, you know, what most couples need to learn is just like the gentleman said, learn how to argue, because there is a way that you can obviously resolve conflict constructively, but you have to know how to do that. And you have to work on it. You know, so and how you can one how can one like resolve those conflicts like constructively? What would be your advice or the process that you would suggest how to approach it? Definitely starting with timing. Timing mm-hmm. is so key. It is so key. So Oster, you think about you you think about you get into the initial argument or a disagreement, right? And 
it's a topic that you want to talk about, your other half may not want to talk about. Um, the reason timing is so important is because for two reasons. First, it's best to handle conflict when it arises. When you let it fester and fester, then you blow up and that just creates, you know, a whole other level of um, conflict. It escalates everything to a whole new level. You know, um, the other reason timing is important is because sometimes there are those times where you address it, but you address it and both of you agree that that particular time may not be the right time, whether it is that, you know, your other half just got home from work and he's tired. That is not the time to try to have yeah. an, a discussion about something that could get a little testy, you know? So timing is important on two factors that you address it right away, but even in addressing it right away, it may also be with the understanding that you either need to cool down, you know, take a walk, take a half hour break before you come back and talk about it. Or perhaps depending on the situation, if like I said, your other half just got home from work, he's tired, he had a long day, he's not in the best mood, that's not the right time to talk about it. So timing is definitely key. Um, obviously learning how to control your temper, you know. Um, I was about to add, like it's really important to, what I have noticed with people uh, that I work with, like when it comes to emotional control, a lot of times when it comes to argument, you you actually have to be aware of yourself instead of like pointing fingers and actually yeah. learn to control yourself when you are you like in that argument. You do have to learn. And obviously it would take work for some people more than others. You know, it, you have to make a conscious effort to work on controlling your emotions because you... <laughs> You know, you you think about, you know, like you hear this thing, um, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Well, oh, that yeah. is so true, isn't it? It is so true. As my fact, I, think I John, say that to people all the time. Correct. <laughs> you, you know, um, John C. Maxwell said it best, Astra. He said, people hear your words, but they feel your attitude. Oh. So, no, so you start, you know, you raise your voice, you start folding your arms. And, you know, women, the head rolling, the eyes, <laughs> like <laughs> all of that is just going to make things worse. So you have to be so conscious of your controlling your emotions. And that's why it's so important to perhaps calm down sometimes, you know, step away from the situation, maybe a half hour walk. Yeah. You know, listen to some, probably listen to some relaxing music, jazz, something, anything to try to get you into a better mood before you have that conversation. <laughs> or like, I think another way that people can approach it is to actually kind of like schedule that conversation that now like you, right. you kind of have expectation what we will talk about instead of being like lashing out or, or like even I have asked many people that have had arguments. I'm like, so so now that you have this argument, so what is the positive result that you actually get out of it? And there has never been a time when they're like, well, actually, we came to a really good conclusion. Like while we were like shouting at each other, it has never been the case. It's more about like finding a way where not like where you schedule it like few months ahead, like but it's like within a week or maybe the, that day or following day where um, where you both are in a good like space. 
and you can actually yeah. sit down and have this conversation and also um, kind of can use that uh, a little game where or like practice where you have a pillow and as the person who is holding the pillow that's the person who is speaking you don't jump in you actually give me a space yeah. to speak because many times what happens is is that like you have this argument or like you want to resolve the argument but actually the other side that wants to step in they don't really have space to step in because as soon as you open your mouth the other person just jumps back and you just have no space to actually speak or say your side of the situation yeah it is and you know what that and and you're so right because that's you know that's why i touched on the timing being so important and and if necessary you agree to discuss it at a later time because yes you do have to calm down and you know and when and when your partner is speaking that's where that's where one of those key factors in relationships comes in, come come in where you have to be respectful of that person right you have to be respectful of his or her thoughts and ideas and so you know, when that person is speaking, you absolutely do not interrupt. You wait until there's a pause or you wait until there's a clear space or an opening. And if you need to, you can ask for permission, perhaps. Can I, do, do you mind if I jump in right now? Um, I have something to add to that, or I need to ask you a follow-up question to make sure I get clarity on what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. You know, it's so important to acknowledge that you hear what that person is saying, that you understand. I was just about to jump in saying this. <laughs> you yes, have to make sure you actually understand what they are trying to, to tell you. You have to understand, yes. You have to be empathetic. Like you want the other person to be empathetic to you as well. So you have to show empathy as well. And like you know, not in can... a way that you understand when you think you understand, but they exactly. actually approve that you understood them correctly <laughs> instead of assuming Absolutely. that I know what you think. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why, Astra, and that's why it's so important to, you know, paraphrase. You know, so for example, so what I hear you saying is um, from now on, we'll both have a, we'll both have an equal say, or we'll have a discussion about, you know, the, the expenses or, or is it okay that you make the deposits in our checking account and I will pay the bills for X, Y, Z month. Like it's, it's so important to get clarity on things when there is conflict. And that is how they actually get resolved. You know, you paraphrase what the person is saying because then they know you're listening. They, you're, you're being very respectful of them, you know, and what they're saying, you're understanding, but then you're also clarifying to make sure that there are no, misunderstandings you're not sitting there assuming they're not assuming because yeah. you know assumptions do right so yes yeah and also yeah. the yeah. fact that they feel heard that they Correct. actually feel like you you put in effort to actually understand them instead of being right or being like the one who is winning the argument with all like ego games and stuff like that because i yeah. think many times in arguments it's really important to learn to put your ego aside. It's not about you being right because then you actually like kind of make the relationship worse because then it's about who's winning instead of like, we have to find a way to win like for us as a couple instead yeah. of 
Yeah. Like I'm the one yeah. who is better. <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's not a competition. You know, it's not a competition. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? You know, you're working together. You're working together to make your relationship stronger, to make it better. You know, um, that's that's why I like the name of my business and I put some serious name into it, Seeking Synergy, because, mm. you know, um, it is it is all about togetherness. You know, um, it's all about togetherness. Stephen Covey's quote Synergy is better than my way or your way. It is our way, you know, and it's so it is what that means is creating something that works for both of you. You know, like you talk about not being right, you know, um, or not wanting to be right. You know, it's understanding what that person is saying. And it's so important to be listening, like yeah. truly listening. And that is how you are able to understand you're able to and like get not clarity. listening in a way where you wait until you can jump in <laughs> correct not just listening to well let's see when I get a, <laughs> when I get an opening to say something listening to truly hear what that person is saying truly hear what that person is saying you know and that's the only way you're then able to paraphrase to get clarity when you're truly listening so yes listening is very important as well not just trying to hear not just trying to get your words out. You know, that is why, Austria, we have two ears and one mouth. Yeah. Because we're supposed to be listening more, speaking less. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. times I think like once you learn to listen or like one thing is learning to listen, but also realizing that many things that you're about to say, they're not really beneficial. They're really like irrelevant. They are not going to help anything. You don't have to point out that they never do anything. Like <laughs> you don't have to do it. It's not going to help. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad you said that. You know why? Because that is another thing that's so important that I teach my clients to absolutely refrain from using absolutes because no one is ever, no one is ever always someone or always something or never anything you know those absolutes they just they create more arguments yeah and also one thing i would add is like when you communicate i wouldn't say let's say oh you never do this and that but i would say i feel like you forget this or forget that when it comes not from me blaming the other person but saying from my perspective because maybe from their perspective that's not the case but now you attack Correct. them and they're like, you don't understand me. Like, why you even assume this? And that's when you get yeah. another argument about not that's understanding. <laughs> I totally agree. And that's why the absolutes should definitely be left out of conversations because, yes, you're just ramping up the, the, the conflict or the argument to a whole other level. You know, you think of if someone told you, well, you never help do anything around the house. <laughs> Well, well, that could only be but so true, right? I mean, <laughs> he or she does something around the house. And if that person was not doing anything around the house, never, then it is up to you to address that issue. You know, not wait until it festers. And then, of course, one argument totally rolls over into another because it started with that. But now you let it fester for six months. And now you brought up six other things that perhaps he doesn't even remember happened. Oh, yeah. I think that bringing the past up, like that's something that so many people do. 
because you have yeah. com- you have argument about one topic and then you're like yeah but like a uh, six months ago you also didn't do this 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 but it's like Correct. that's not what we're arguing about <laughs> no that's the past no. yes and that's what happens when you let issues fester and unfortunately for women obviously we do it more than men we and i say we because we're women um but of course i'm conscious of that you know when you know better you do better but um women are more likely to hold back on addressing an issue because they don't want to create an argument yeah they don't want to ruffle feathers they think that not saying anything is going to maintain the peace but that makes the situation even worse because you know not saying anything it doesn't make it go away it doesn't change it yeah and the other but person doesn't know like what's the reason why you are the way you are if you don't even kind of bring it up exactly they just know that they're getting perhaps the cold shoulder <laughs> you're a lot shorter with your answers you know he asks a question and you may say okay or like when I'll when they there. when they ask don't you are you there. like what's wrong nothing <laughs> and I have had conversations with several males about it that like and I have said it to several females as well like you shouldn't expect the guy to read your mind if something is wrong and he asks you if you're okay or something's wrong don't say nothing then that's that's the place where you actually bring it up and then like when and then like (laughs) it's like it's it's pretty funny that you say nothing and then you expect him to know like okay so so like when you say nothing he's like okay cool like nothing's wrong you know but then then you're you're like oh so now you don't know that something is wrong and then you like get another argument about like him not reading your mind (laughs) isn't that crazy isn't that crazy people do that don't they people do that all the time they do that all the time and i think part of that like i just mentioned before comes from not wanting to address the issue at the time thinking that you are avoiding an argument you know or you don't want to get him upset you know yeah. things have going smoothly you you don't want to create an argument right now because you are set to go out to dinner and the last thing you need is to create you know just whatever reasons people give themselves for not addressing certain things at the time. But like I said before, you know, sometimes it is what is necessary is addressing it initially, but on top of that, even agreeing to discuss it at a later time when you're both in a proper frame of mind, when the timing is right, you know, maybe when you get back from dinner, now can you get through dinner without... (laughs) probably bring it up without stewing because it's not being discussed you know that is totally on an individual basis but timing is key but yes i think like another thing is that like you should start addressing those things early in relationship because then let's say you're six months in and all of a sudden you're not happy and until that point everything was okay everything is fine and like the like your partner can be like, so wait, what, what happened up to this point? Everything was okay. Like you didn't complain, nothing happened, but now all of a sudden you're like angry and this is bad and that is bad. And like, you pretty much put them in place where they're confused because up to that point, everything was okay because you didn't raise those issues. Correct. And in your mind, in your mind, 
everything was not okay all these six months. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> you know, in your mind, everything was not okay. But like you said, he had no idea. He had no idea that anything was wrong. And now you're just bringing everything to the forefront as if it just started when in your mind and in your world, things have been that way for the past six months. Unfortunately, you just chose not to say anything, you yeah. know? And so that is why it's so important for, and not everyone wants to hear this, but that is why it's so important for we as women, because I put it on us, we're women in Austria. We have to take some accountability for our role in relationships and how they function. You know, we are part of the relationship as well. We have And also to like see us as like equals instead of like them being higher or they are always like, you always have to put them first. And, and I, I, I don't even know what that looks like in my world. I hear people say, <laughs> I hear people say it, Austria. I don't know what it looks like. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Let me, this, I needed to probably cancel these things out there popping up on my screen. Um, I don't know what that looks like in my world. You know what? I'm going to close out all these screens, Austria. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep talking, but I yeah, don't know fine. what that I don't know what that looks like in my world, Austria, because I am all for, yes, we are absolute equals. We are absolute equals. We, you know, we talk about, you know, we talk about, for example, you know, um, the 80-20 rule or whatever. You find 80% in one person um, or you, you find 80%, for example, of what you're looking for in someone. Well, if you find 80% of what you're looking for in someone, that is freaking awesome, okay? You don't go somewhere else looking for the 20. Yeah, and I think like even those la the last 20% that might be them willing to put in the work to kind of become the person that you might want because they would be willing to improve for the relationship. Absolutely. And with the right person, absolutely. They would want to improve, yeah. And you have because to be willing to do the same for the other person as well. <laughs> I totally agree. And so when I hear people say things like, well, you know, in a relationship, it's 50-50. No, it's not. It should be 100-100. Like you should bring your A game, expecting that person to bring his or her A game as well. Yeah. You know, you know, that should be the intention. You bring all of who you are, all your goodness. You know, that person sees your flaws. He or she understands your flaws. You both are conscious of what you need to work on. And you agree that you, you're going to make your relationship work. So you're going to, you know, you're going to be um, ever so mindful of improving who you are, you know, because yeah. it's building, it's building the relationship. It's making it stronger. It's creating a deeper connection. And that is what you're ultimately wanting and needing to do and able to sustain it. And yeah, actually, what, you know, like one thing that came in my mind, I was... I, I think I heard it somewhere or I was thinking about it on a walk, like I think last year, is that it's not that you get in a relationship with one person because then within few years, that person, as long as they keep working on themselves, they'll be a different person. You're not going Absolutely. to be with one person for the rest of your life. You will be with one person, but different versions or different like levels of development of them because as long as they keep working on themselves, they might be different person within six months. 
So like, it's, it's not that you get in relationship with one person, it's the same person for the rest of your life. They are going to change as well. Yes, I love that. I love that. It is so true. And that's why it's so important to just keep working on becoming a better version of ourselves, improving those things that we know need improvement. Like we all can think about things that we want to improve about ourselves, right? But we have to be conscious about them. We have to be honest about them. And we have to have the right mindset, you know, and take action to make sure that we are working to improve those things about ourselves. You know, you can't expect your partner to become this person that you're not even willing to become. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you want, you want your man to be this rock star in, in everything. And he, he has to know how to do everything around the house and he has to this and he needs to do that. And okay. And what are you expecting and needing you to do, you know, to make sure that you guys are in fact equals. You know, because then when you're not discussing those expectations, when you're not talking about, you know, how you two can make each other better versions of yourselves um, and working together to make sure that the relationship can improve, that it can um, be um, a healthy one. You know, you are, you know, you are, um, when you're not doing that, you're not, keeping it real in terms of what your expectations are. And you have, and that's why communicating expectations are so important. You know, okay. communicating. So can you talk about important. expectations? Because I think that is really important topic. Um, and like, I think expectations also might come in with the trust. So like, yeah. maybe you can touch a bit on like expectations um, because that's the topic that like, I'm really interested in. And, you know, as it relates to expectations, you know, we all come with our very own expectations, right? We expect this person to do that. We expect him to do this, Um, you know, and one of the biggest issues with expectations is the fact that we're not always communicating them. (laughs) I was expecting this. (laughs) Have them in our mind, (laughs) you know, And, and you said it earlier, our partners are not mind readers. We are not mind readers. Our partners are not mind readers. But when we don't communicate our expectations, you know, um, obviously when they're not met, naturally they lead to disappointments in a huge way. Now, is everyone conscious of how to communicate their expectations? Do they even know what they want? You know, um, they may have an idea. And and one of the biggest things would be, are your expectations realistic? Yeah. You know, are your expectations realistic? You know, um, but that's why it's so important to have someone that has the same values as you are, because your expectations will be more than likely on the same level. They will be reasonable. You know, you think about, for example, we talk about expectations. You know, when you start dating someone, you should talk about what does it look like in terms of the time that you spend together? You know, are you expecting to see him every weekend? He may not be expecting that. You know, he may be expecting to see you once every two weekends. You may want to see him three days out of the week. 
He may want to see you one day out of the week. You know, so it's important to talk about that, for example. You know, and also like much- what, what kind of how you want to spend time. Is it quality or is it quantity? Correct. Because sometimes it doesn't have to be like the whole weekend to have like quality time with that person. Exactly. 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 That is so true. You know, are you going to expect that he's texting you every day? If he doesn't text you one day, are you going to fly into a fit? Or are you going to be furious? <laughs> you know, talk about, you know, especially talk about if you that. don't know the reason why he's not texting. Maybe he's like really busy at work. So exactly. You're, you're on the other end. You're on the other end of the phone. Um, stewing that he had the audacity to not text you at all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> When, when his obligations, for example, at work, you know, did not yeah, allow. And then you come up with all the stories why he's doing this or like come up with all the negatives. And then he might just respond to you that he had an emergency. So it's like. Correct. Then you feel bad. Then you feel bad. <laughs> you feel bad. You probably have. To, you feel bad, Austria. You probably even have to confess that you are over here swimming and I have to confess You know, confession is good for the soul. I really believe that. Then you have to now confess that. Well, I apologize, but I was really <laughs> thinking the worst. I was calling you this. I was calling you all these names. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's just talking about those expectations. And once again, not being afraid to talk about those expectations with the right man, with the right partner, Astra, you will be comfortable to talk about everything and anything. You know, and that's why I tell women, it's so important to be able to communicate everything and anything, whether it's the good or bad. Like you shouldn't just be keen to talk about, well, let's talk about our future together and let's talk about our vacation next month. Well, you need to be just as keen, you know, in talking about, well, you know, there's the issue of that you weren't cleaning up in the kitchen when you were done and we, I thought we agreed, however you, you know, however you yeah. bring, you know, however you bring the issue um, up to be addressed, but you have to talk about the good and the bad. It can't just be, you're all on board to, to talk about, well, yes, we're going on vacation next month. We have to I think do that's this, the way that. people assume relationships are, are just like fairy tale where it's like, everything is perfect. No arguments. And I know. And no arguments don't mean that there's not conflict. It means that they, they're not addressing the arguments. So yes, if you hear someone says, if you hear someone say, say that there's no conflict in their relationship, that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. That is so I think, like you can have argue, you can have like conflict, but not argue about it, but actually just sit down and have conversation about it. So I think it's not yeah. about finding somebody like even the fact that people are like oh I want somebody who is like me like do you like do you really want to have somebody who's like exactly like you are like <laughs> are you really sure that's what you want um yeah. like many times people are like well actually no <laughs> you already have yeah. you you don't need another you <laughs> correct yes I mean you know it's not it's not wanting or needing to have someone exactly like you because You know, when, you know, people talk about opposites attract, like that's a whole other thing. The opposites attract would only last for a certain period of time. You need to have a lot of commonality. It's just, yeah. you need to have, like I said, some similar key life values. Yeah, But like no, the fundamentals you, you want to be correct. like what you agree on. Yes. But you don't want someone exactly like you because then when you don't have someone who's exactly like you, you're able to provide that balance for each yeah. other. 
And that balance is key. It's very important. You know what he may lack some strength in, you make up for that. What you lack strength in, he makes up for that. Yeah. And that's why the teamwork and being together and, you know, being ever so mindful of why working together is so important is key because yeah. you balance each other. You balance each other. Yes. I wanted to go back a little on the expectations um, because I think many times, probably mostly females, when when you try to communicate your expectations, I think many times females might feel needy or like, oh, I'm being too demanding. You know, like how how can someone communicate their expectations without feeling like guilty or that they're being too needy and stuff like that because it is important to communicate them but like feel kind of secure and sure when you are saying them rather than, okay, I'm going to slip it this time because like I already talked about the last thing like a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, if that person is a needy or clingy person, their expectations are going to come across needy or clingy and there's nothing that can help them. Oh, unless so what's, they what's the difference? How can you know if they are being needy? or they are not being needy? Like how you distinguish them? Well, a needy person is, a needy or clingy person is definitely going to come across as, um, well, I feel that we should spend three nights together because I work on Fridays. This is, this is a, just an example. So I think that we should spend Monday through Thursday together because then Friday I work I work all day and then Saturday I have to visit my parents. You know, you're actually giving that person what you think is a fair expectation of your relationship and what you expect. But you really think about yourself. <laughs> but you're absolutely thinking about yourself. Exactly. You know, um, and so if you are being genuine, not the needy, clingy type, if you're being genuine, it's not going to come across of course, as being needy or clingy. But yes, if you're a clingy person, it's going to be all about you because you're going to be thinking me, me, me. And it's going to come across that way. And, and that like is you definitely- want them around you all the time. You want them to do something for you. Yeah. And they- you- I think like a lot of times being needy might come with um, not being self-confident because then you feel like you need them all the time to feel maybe good about yourself. And that's why that self-confidence and self-esteem is so key to work on yourself before you get into that relationship, preferably before you get into that relationship, because you're so right. You're absolutely right. You don't want to come across needy and clingy. You know, I tell women that is so unattractive. Oh, yeah. That is so unattractive. You're better than that. That is so unattractive. You know, you don't want a man who is totally feeding off your desperation for him. Because then you're willing to put up with so much of his crap. You're willing to stay there while he treats you bad, while he talks to you however he wants to. While and also he, he doesn't have to worry as much about his behavior because like he doesn't. He doesn't. He's like, oh, yeah, like you need me. Like Correct. He knows that you're going to take him back. He could ghost you for five, ten days. He's going to come back and you may fuss a little, but it's going to go back to normal and he's and then you're creating this pattern you know you're you are you are telling him that that is okay in your world it's not okay but you're literally 
Your actions are telling him that it's okay. So it's going to be a recurring pattern. And that is why I said that, you know, not everyone wants to hear it, but women need to take accountability for their role in relationships, you know, because you can control what happens with you. You can control what happens with you. You can't control what that person does, but you can control what happens with you. Yeah. You know, and so five, 10, 15 years down the line, if the relationship is still the same, well, you can't totally blame him. You absolutely can't totally blame him. You know, you would have yeah, and blaming to, him is not going to help as well. <laughs> it's not going to help. This is 15 years down the line where you've allowed this. This is continued. You stayed in the relationship. You know, you've told him each time without literally or verbally telling him, but your actions have showed him that it's okay and you're going to stay. And it doesn't matter what he puts you through. You know, I think it's also Uh, that fact that people will treat you the way you will allow them to treat you. So it's also your responsibility, whatever he did or whatever you, you blame him for, you allowed him to do that. You absolutely allowed it. I love Tony Gaskin's quote, Astra. It says, you teach people how to treat you by what you allow, what you stop and what you reinforce. And so hence, as women, we have to take some responsibility for our role in relationships because yes, we absolutely teach people how to treat us. We do. Yeah. You know, it is very important. Um, so you know what? You, you, so back to your question about the expectations and you know, coming across needy, Um, like you have to, first of all, you have to be a realistic person. If you're needy and clingy, unfortunately, it's going to come across that way and it's going to be a total turnoff. But if you're genuine, if you're, if you and that person values are aligned and you're, you're being your authentic self, you're being genuine, you are being reasonable, you know, even if your expectations may not be what he initially um, was, you know, um, thinking that you would say or propose, you know what, you probably can meet in the middle somewhere because it would have been something, it would have been a reasonable expectation, you know, it's like, or even asking it in a question, you know, um, what do you think about? I think like um, good terminology is using a ping pong when it's like, you're just ping pong. (laughs) each other you're like oh i want this and they're like no i want this and then you're like okay i asked this much and they're like oh you could get this much so you just keep doing the ping pong until you find that like what what is the best for both of you rather than you just throw the balls at them and expect something ask the question well what do you think about what do you think about us spending xyz time you know and you think about like for example holidays and stuff you know you have to talk about these things it's like okay the holidays are coming around you might be expecting him to spend holidays with you. He's definitely possibly thinking he's going to spend the holidays with his family. You know, that's why as women, we need to talk about these things too. And that's another level of expectations, you know, when it comes to the time that you spend with each other and what to expect in your relationship. That's why these conversations are so important. And a lot of people don't have them. Yeah. Um, We've all been there you know, guilty is charged. Um, We've all been there. But you know, what I say is when you know better, you do better. 
And when you want things to be different, you have to do things differently. What do they say? You can't keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. It is all insanity. Yeah. Or stupidity. All insanity. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to be that harsh, but yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, like I yeah. think even with, um, I wanted to switch it up a little, going to maybe a bit, oh no, wait, uh, first, when it comes, if you're somebody who knows that you're needy, I think you just have to make sure you have enough going on in your own life where like he's not the your life, that like Correct. everything in your life is around him and his needs and wants. You actually have enough uh, life going on yourself where you don't, it's not like your main, not, not in a way that it's not, the relationship is not your priority, but like it's not all your life, that you actually have something else going on. Yeah, no, I love that. Yes, he definitely can't be your focal point. You know, um, your relationship can be an important part of your life, but it should not be your entire life. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we all need a support system. So having people in your life who, you know, your family or friends who you can spend time with when you are away from him, you know, you don't feel the need to always have to spend time with him because he is the center of your world. And unfortunately, when people do that or make that person the center of their world, then when the relationship ends, they crumble. They crumble, yeah. they totally lose themselves. And it's very heartbreaking because I've seen it. It is yeah. very heartbreaking. You know, you have to surround yourself with what I call a good support system. So you do have friends, you do have family that you can spend time with. You know, you find find a hobby, take up a hobby, find something that even if you're not in, um, entirely good at, something that you've always wanted to do, something you're passionate about doing. Yeah. You know, probably start reading more. You know, it's called self-growth, you know, <laughs> personal development, you know, find something that you can occupy your time doing that, you know, gets your mind away from him being the focal point yeah. and that you're not together, you know, um, like I said, find a hobby. And I think Start also like project. one thing is that <laughs> I think many times people are like, oh, so now I'm going to work until I get in a relationship. And once I get this guy, that's when I can stop working on myself. Like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> so, not true. so, 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 so not true. So not, that is absolutely not the right mindset. Nope. And I bet people do that. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's even important to actually find somebody who will in encourage you to actually work more on yourself not in a way that they're yeah. like oh i'm not happy with this and that yeah. but they actually push you to get better and there's a big difference because it's not about oh you have to get to this level to like for me to be happy with you but it's like i'm happy with where you are but i know you can more and i yeah. in a way like i expect you to get better for our own good not just like not even for me it's more for you so it's yeah. more like being selfless in that way where they want you to get better Yes, I love that. I love that because, you know, um, when you are with the right person, yes, that person does absolutely add so much value to who you are. They add value to who you are because they do help you envision um, 
you know, um, what you may have probably had in the back of your mind. You know, you may have seen it just on a small spectrum. They can help you envision it probably on a whole different level, you know, help you actually realize, you know, and live those dreams, those goals, those aspirations. The right person will absolutely push you to be a better person. I totally agree with that. And that is who you want in your life. Someone who they're not trying to get you to be another person that you're not. You know, they're trying to add to who you already are and they see the potential. They know that you could be so much more. And you may have been, you know, just operating on this cool and calm level of, well, you know, I'm, I know I'm good at what I do, yeah, but really you're a badass. Okay. <laughs> you're a badass. And this is who you could be. And this person has now made you realize that, you know, yeah. and that's why it's so important to have the right person in your life. It is so important. I think important. it's also important to understand that, um, that the fact that they make you feel uncomfortable, it's actually in a way needed. Like, because when it comes to self-development, you will never feel like really comfortable. Like it's, well, you will never feel comfortable to start with. Like it's, it's not something that that's why nobody really wants to do it. Or most of the people don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, they don't want, they don't want to get out of their yeah. comfort zone. <laughs> and like the fact <laughs> that your partner might make you feel uncomfortable when it comes to self-development, it doesn't mean that they do it to like hurt you or they want bad for you. They actually want the best for you. Because otherwise, like it's, it is, I think it's like, even when I work with my clients, it's not pleasant to tell them things that I need to hear. It's not something that I'm yeah. like, yay, now I'm going to crush your ego and like <laughs> trigger yeah, you and things like that. Cool. It's not pleasant, but like you need Correct. people that are and like your partner. They're going to see you and know you the best. They will be like yeah. the closest person, ideally, if you're in a good relationship. Um, rather than try to hide something from them um, like assuming that you have good relationship like they will know you the best so you want to have somebody who you can trust to like push you and even like trigger you but not in a way when they do it against you but they do it actually to help you correct because it's 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 having that person who has your back who's supportive you want someone who's supportive you know, um, you hear people talk about that their other half doesn't ki- give a rat's butt about, you know, their job or, or anything that they do, you know, and so, you know, that causes resentment, but you want someone who... I think it depends maybe to what level, because like you can't expect, let's say, if you're an artist and they're like businessmen, you can't expect them to be like, so what kind of art you do or you know, like that yes. kind of detail. And that's the thing. Yes. And that's the thing. They don't necessarily have to be all super excited about your work, but at the same time, they're not bashing what you do. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're supportive in the sense of they understand that, um, you know, they are not totally as bubbly and vibrant <laughs> about that particular <laughs> about that particular type of work, but they respect that you do it. They understand yeah. that, you know, that they, their, their goal, their main goal is to be supportive in any way that they can, you know, and you talk about what that support looks like, you know, it's not, um, you know, it's not so much um, them totally being overly, you know, overly excited about it just because you're in a relationship, but yeah. more so, 
you know, understanding yeah, I think that even then, like that will feel fake. Yeah, correct. Like, can, it yeah. will not come across genuine. It will not be genuine. It will not come across genuine. You know, they could probably just ask, well, how, you know, how was your day? How was, how did your, how did the art um, expo go? How did the, how did the, um, you know, there was a gallery. Yeah, I think also there to- has to be a distinguish. You have to distinguish like um, <laughs> you talking about what you do from gossiping. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. But you just want someone who can absolutely support what you do. They may yeah. not totally be excited about it. But yes, just be supportive in whatever way he or she can. Yeah. You know, it's just in, and that's what's important. Just being supportive. Have someone who is supportive of you and your yeah. goals, your aspirations, things that are important to you. That person understands that these things are important to you and he or she's supportive of that. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to ask you like a while ago already, um, but about, so let's say, how like, have you worked with some female that are like really independent? That like once once they get in a relationship, they're being like really independent because I myself, I'm like, I'm really independent person. And I have had conversations with other females that are like independent. So like, and like in a way, it is different when you get in a relationship when you are used to being by yourself or you're like really independent and how maybe to have that like transition towards a relationship where it's more like healthy or it doesn't like damage the relationship or maybe hurt the other person where like many times when you are independent, you don't really feel the need to have somebody always there. You're like, you're, you're good by yourself. Like you're, you're confident being by yourself. So you don't always like need them. Um, and how to maybe make it like, how would, and I assume you probably have had a few people that you have worked with that are like independent the way they are. So maybe like what would be a healthy way to like start relationship when you're like an independent person? Most of the women that I've worked with have not been independent to the extent that you're talking about. I'm one of those persons. So (laughs) I'm one of those independent persons, Astra. I'm like you, you know, Um, but what is important to remember with having that sense of independence, because that is me. That is me all day, every day. What is important is not letting that sense of independence create an issue. Meaning, I say that meaning you don't literally verbalize, well, I don't really need you. Um, You know, you don't literally verbalize that to that person. You're feeling that way. And it's only normal that you feel that way because you know you don't need that person. But more importantly, you don't verbalize it. So you don't want to offend them. You know, you don't want to offend them. Um, They understand and they recognize that you are important. I'm sorry, that you are independent. I think even like, even if you communicate it, if it's the right person, they will understand because you can say, I I don't need you, but I choose to spend time with you and be with you. So that's actually like, that's like a compliment. (laughs) And see, that's the thing. That's what I was just about to say that, the, the right person will feel even more appreciated that you don't need them, but that you genuinely want them yeah. in your life, that you generally want to genuinely want to spend time with them, that spending time with them and being with them is important. And I'm just going to talk about from um, a perspective of a woman, um, men are 
totally attracted the right man. The right man is totally attracted to an independent woman because first and foremost, she doesn't need him. Yeah. And trust me, men, the right men want to feel wanted, not absolutely needed. They like to feel needed too. Yes. You know, um, it strokes their ego, but yeah. they, they appreciate being wanted more because it means more to them. You know, it means more to them. And so when I say don't actually verbalize it, yes, like you said, you don't, it, you don't want it to come across to where you're, you're saying it in such a negative way. You know, once again, it's all about what you say. I'm sorry. It's not about what you say. It's how you say yeah. it. But once you can actually communicate and express to him that you are, you are so appreciative of who he is as a person, that you want him in your life, that you appreciate having him in your life, that, you know, um, and he knows and understands that what, what you're literally saying is that you don't need him, you know, he's going to find that even more attractive. The right man, let's say that. Let's let's make sure clarify yeah, that. Yeah, we just assume that we're talking about the right man. <laughs> yes, the right man. <laughs> because you know, we know we know honestly, Astra, that there's some men that thrive on women needing them. You know, yeah. Well, I think that- it's that that's what you said about stroking their ego because the right man they they don't need their egos being stroked because Absolutely. they are working on themselves, so they don't need you to like approve them all the time because they have done that work for themselves. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, when it, when we talk about independent women and how they can actually, you know, approach the dating scene, um, you know, it is, it is being, I think the first thing is being self-aware, right? That self-awareness of that you do have that, independence you do have that I can do this all by myself I don't need this person I don't need that person I can attest because like I said I am that person um but you are aware of how you're you know you're aware of your attitude when when you know when it's when it comes across to the other person Um, When you say things, you're aware of your attitude about how you say it, you know, your tone, definitely, Um, you know, the, the timing of when you do actually. It also might be that like you, what is it? The reason why you're telling it? Maybe you're just trying to prove something that actually I can be by myself. Like I don't need you. Well, well, then why do you talk to me? (laughs) Yes. The timing of when you say something, like if it's depending on the situation, yeah, you may not have necessarily needed to say it at that time. You know, because then, because you said it at that particular time, it comes across now where he's offended, you know, but it's, it's being self-aware of, it's having self-awareness, let me put it that way. It's having self-awareness. And of course it would probably be such a work in progress. Like we're all a work in progress, right? But it would probably be even more so of a constant work in progress to maintain that self-awareness of, okay, that is what I know I need to work on. Make sure I'm not coming across as I'm this totally independent person that, well, I know that I am, but I don't want to offend him in the process. Yeah. It doesn't mean that everybody else has to know it. Correct. Correct. 
like you are who you are right yeah. you are who you are and i think like um, they can sense it as well or even and like they if, sense it yeah if they get offended i don't think that they are the right person to start with because they Absolutely. shouldn't be in a place where you say that like it's like oh well so you don't need me well that's that's pretty much like that that is not the right guy for you like if you need somebody who needs you to need him like that's that's not even i think that is not even healthy that kind of relationship where it's like based on the neediness it's not and that's why it's important to have the right person and know who he is um and be conscious of who it you know who he is and and when he is the right person like you said he'll understand he'll understand your independence he'll understand that um you are that that he should feel so honored that you want him in your presence because you absolutely don't need him, but that you want him in your presence. You want to spend time with him. You want to have a relationship with him knowing that you don't need him. That, that totally gives him a whole new perspective on the way that he views you. You know, it, it, it can only totally um, add to the sense of, um, his attraction to you, his feeling even more connected to you because you are not, once again, you are not that clingy, needy person where, you know, um, if you're not together And for I think one it's day, also important that they understand, like, you, you're not easy to get because, like, you know what you want, you have standards. So in a way, totally. once they get in relationship with you, it's like they, they feel more like, not like rewarded, but it feels more like meaningful, maybe. It does. It does feel meaningful. And and they don't and, and like you touch on, you know, that you're not um easy to get. Once they do get in a relationship with you, they don't stop pursuing you because it doesn't stop then. Yeah. Right? It doesn't stop then. You don't get into And it a goes the other way around as well. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's a Don't two-way just expect them to run after you and then you just treat them the way you want Correct. to treat them. It's like, a two-way street. Don't get arrogant. Clarifying. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that because I should have clarified that it is a two-way street. You give what you want. Yes. If you want to feel loved, then you show more love. Then you show more love. If you want to feel, if you want to be understood, then you should be more understanding. You know, give what you want to receive. It is a two-way street. Yes. You can't have a relationship. Well, you can have a relationship with yourself because you always have a relationship with yourself because that is the best relationship you can have. Because who do you have for the rest of your life? Yourself, yeah. <laughs> right? But when you're in a relationship with someone else, it is a two-way street. You have to give yeah. and take. It's a yeah, given. I think it's important to understand it, especially when you're somebody who is... I think many times, um, not to offend anybody, but like many females expect guys to run after them. But like they run after you, then many guys do. And also like, I think probably the right person is not going to run after you forever. Like they, they will be like, okay, so if you expect me now to run after you or try to please you all the time and do whatever you want, like you're not the person for me. I'm not going to be treated this way. No, because that's um, the right man. Like he says, he doesn't find that attractive. It, he really doesn't, you know, playing hard to get for a year. No, it's not that <laughs> playing hard to get People for a year. <laughs> okay, so maybe 
maybe they don't do it for a year, but playing hard to get for six months. No, no, that is, that was back in high school. Yeah, okay? well, that is just that you was, playing games and pretty much like correct. wasting their time. That is back in high school. That was back in when you were in your early 20s where you didn't know better and you were playing games. Exactly. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's not attractive. And the right man is not going to be running after you while you play these petty mind games um, for six months. Yeah. You know, um, it's no, he's not attractive. He's not attracted to that. And so for women who think that that is something that um, they need to do, then they'll find themselves single more longer than they really want to, yeah. you know, um, or if they're not single, they're in a, they're in a relationship with the wrong man, because the wrong one will probably continue pursuing the, the chasing after you for six months to a year. But once you do decide that you're going to give him a chance, oh, trust me, may as well, you hadn't wasted your time because he's not the right one. Yes. So the wrong man, yes. May, you know, continue the chasing, but it's a game that, I'm sorry, the, the right man would not play. How to, like, how to get what you said just now, I was thinking about how you get when, well, how you know when to get out of a relationship. Because I, I, <laughs> I was watching some, some of Steve Harvey's videos when he said that many times what happens is, is that you believe that, oh, I have been with this person so long. Now, if I get out, it has been a waste of time. But at the same time, like if you don't get out, you keep being in this like toxic and healthy relationship. So maybe like, how can you know when to get out? Or maybe what are some like red flags or whatever that, or how you know like okay this this is like long enough they are not going to change nothing this is going to be the same unless i get out so like how you know when to get out oh my gosh i'm so glad you touched on that cuz one of the quotes that i use my very own quote that i use to try to get women to just kind of see get a bird's eye view of what their relationship and their life is like, because, you know, it's hard to see the picture when you're inside the frame. So yeah. my quote that I like to use is thinking that you should stay in a toxic relationship because you've already invested a lot of your time. Okay. Is equivalent to saying that you'll continue drinking poison simply because you're thirsty. So if you're able to look at, if you're able to grasp, right, the magnitude of what that honestly means and looks like, then you're able to understand why it doesn't make sense staying. And, you know, you talk about toxicity and there's so many levels of it, right? It, it could start with mind games, you know, um, someone making you feel guilty about doing or not doing something and you end up doing or not doing it because, you know, um, for example, he plays the blame game. You know, well, your your mom was really upset that you didn't, um, that we didn't go to our house for dinner or that we're not going to our house for dinner because you don't want to go. And so now <laughs> you have, he has already, he has already planted the guilty seed in your head. So now you've totally taken that I'm like you're the bad one correct now you've decided okay well we're gonna go knowing whatever reasoning you had for not wanting to go okay you've totally now 
flip that because he made you feel guilty. So it could start with simple mind games like that. Definitely when there is the verbal abuse, you know, it, it starts with mental, emotional, verbal abuse, you know, the name calling, you know, there are too many women who, even if it's like a joke, unless it's like some kind of inside yeah. joke that you, you know can, like laugh about it's different but if it's like a joke when they're like oh i'm just joking well are you <laughs> yeah, well you know what Austria? i could tell you if there is name calling it is not a joke for me it is not yeah. a joke for me it is not a joke for I, you but like the other person might communicate it as like oh i'm just joking and see that's the thing because you know that's the thing because then you know um people may pacify it people pacified oh well it was a joke or you know and you can't even take a joke you know all of that is toxicity you can't even take a joke i was only joking and you know you, like you can just imagine how that conversation yeah. Yeah. that conversation goes but even when there's a name calling you know they that person gets upset he starts calling nay he start call, he starts calling you names you know then you know the verbal abuse the mental or emotional abuse, then it spills over into the physical abuse. You know, he hits, he pushes you that one time. Especially if you allow them to Correct. keep doing it. Correct. You know, he pushes you that one time. Um, but you don't think that's an issue because it was just a push. He didn't punch you. So you don't think that it's the same level of abuse. You know, um, those are signs Um you know, just totally disrespecting you in terms of, of course, the name calling, but also not valuing your opinions, your thoughts, your ideas when you express them. Or they your totally, time. Yeah, you, yeah, they, correct. Or either your time. You know, you express your concern about something, it gets shut down. He doesn't want to hear it. <clears throat> You're not making any sense to him. You know, all of those things are red flags. Um, you know, um, maybe also course, like looking down on you when it's like, well, oh, you don't know anything, or you know, stuff. Correct, like that. correct, and that's why I just said too. Yes, not valuing your opinion, thinking that what you're saying doesn't even make sense, that you're yeah. you're useless, and you don't you don't know anything. You don't you know your your ideas are your ideas don't amount to anything. You know, yeah, I think even, like you might be useless in some areas, but it doesn't mean that you're not like, let's say, let's say if, if it's like a household where the husband is working and the wife is at home, like you might not be able to help with like his business. But at the same time, like it doesn't mean that you are not adding anything to relationship. Correct. You're running the household. Yeah. You're running the household. It's not that an easy your, thing to do. <laughs> correct. That is your contribution and that is substantial. You know, even the way he communicates to you, not even just that, um, the name calling, which is obviously toxic, you know, the way he communicates with you, is he talking at you instead of to you? You know, is he actually talking at you, you know? Um, and that's like in, um, in line with what you said about, um, you know, belittling you or berating you, you know, is he talking at you? You know, just those little things are early signs early red flags because then they escalate into way bigger things um you know like you touched on if he's not respectful of your time you guys are supposed to go out he's going to pick you up at eight he doesn't call he doesn't show up he, he conveniently comes at 9 30 no excuse and you better not ask him anything because 
He's going to fly into a rage, you know, just things like that. You know, they're, they're red flags. What did you say if somebody told you like, yeah, but like, what if, what if he changes? Like, I know he can change. Like, I I just want to stay longer in relationship because I know that he can change. He even told me he's going to work on himself, but like nothing changes. It's just words. So like, how you, how would you help those people? Because I think like you're in this belief that I really believe he can change and like, but it doesn't mean that he's going to change. Well, when you, when you, when you do see those red flags, Austria, you, what I, what I say is you don't date what you think is potential because the potential for growth is a whole different thing. The potential to change from toxicity is, not your concern. It is not your job. It is not your responsibility to wait around to see if he changes that type of behavior. It is not your responsibility to try to help him change that behavior. You have to recognize that you didn't sign up for that, that you don't deserve that, that you deserve so much better than that, that you know your worth you know, that you're not going to stay in that type of relationship because that is not who you are. You know, it's going to be a waste of your time. Like you have to decide all of this. It can't be that you are in your mind, you're thinking that, well, you know, he, he could, he could actually change. Like you said, you know, what if that person is thinking that? No, you can't, you can't assume, you can't hope. Yeah. I mean, you can't hope, but that means nothing. Like when you see those type of red flags, when you see that toxic behavior, and like I said, there's so many levels of toxicity, but when you see just those little ones that people gloss over, you know, that people pacify because they don't think that it's serious. Like when it starts with like something as a simple and it's not simple by any means, but what they consider, well, he only pushed me. He only pushed me a little. I, I got too close to him and he only pushed me a little and don't think that that's an issue that he even put his hands on. Yeah, on well, her. I think the challenge, and I have seen it with different people that I'm like, well, th this is not relationship for you. It's like when you are in that relationship, you are so attached to that person and you're so believing them that they can change that I think it's, for people in that situation, it's hard for them to see from the outside. And even if they have somebody from the outside telling them, like, even if you as an expert would go to them, they would be like, yeah, but they still can change. It's like, well, they can change, but it's not, doesn't mean that they're going to change for you or at Correct. this moment, or maybe within next like 20 years, you can't know how long, if ever, how long it's going to take them for, for them to actually like want to change. And see, that's the thing, like it, it, and it, and that's why it's so important to have that sense of value, to have that sense of, you know, self-confidence and self-esteem, because when you do, that is all that it takes, Austria, for you to get into that mindset of when you actually do see those red flags early on, that no, you're not waiting for what may be, that you're yeah. getting out of Dodge, you know, that you have already seen that this could end badly, that you're not going to waste your time to see what's going to happen next. You're not going to give him the opportunity to do anything. Yeah, like, what if I don't want to, not, not me, but like in general, what if I don't want to now, now like waste time looking for the next relationship? 
<laughs> and and you know what and and that is why i use that quote because there are a lot of women who do stay in relationships because they're afraid of the unknown they're yeah. afraid of the unknown and it's also they're... more comfortable even if it's not Correct. the right relationship yeah their logic is well i already know this person their logic or lack thereof unfortunately is that they already know this person they don't want to get to know someone new again they don't want to go through the the process of looking for someone new. Who am I going to find? Where am I going to find him? How long is it going to take before I find him? Like all of these things play, yeah. in, play over in their mind. And so in their mind, in their world, it seems more reasonable to stay where they are and because easier. they already have someone. It's easier. Once again, once things are uncomfortable, like we talked about, like we talked about earlier, if there's some uncomfortability, uncomfortability, yeah. People don't want to go that route. They like what's easy. And of course, being in a toxic relationship, there's nothing easy about that. But they're actually in a relationship. They have someone there. They're afraid of the unknown. Yeah. You know, and, and and it's very heartbreaking because I see it a lot. Um, you know, and and I, I see it a lot, and I don't even work with people with like relationships, no. <laughs> like relationship-wise. No. So it's a lot going on and like that's 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 why i asked you this question because i think it's like one thing is that you i think it's it's easier to find relationship whether healthy or not you you find relationship right. you get in relationship but then like yeah. getting out you have had this time where you get attached and you get used to it and it starts to get like it's easier to stay with them than like go out by yourself try to find somebody else or be by yourself so it's more convenient even if it's not as good for you and i think it's harder to get out because then you are kind of used to things and you feel like oh i'm not alone anymore even though you might even feel like you're alone in relationship but it's something that you're like yeah but i'm still not alone Yeah, and that's why it's so important to work on who you are. That's why it's so important to work on who you are. Because that's the only way that you can e even begin to start the process of knowing, realizing, understanding that you need to get out. Like it all, when I tell you that the fact that we know, we know this, but I don't think many people realize the, the magnitude of what it means. You're mind is the most powerful tool, your yeah. mind, you know, whatever you tell yourself, you believe it, whatever you tell yourself, you believe it. And so it's so important to have that. Like I said, I mean, I will keep saying it, having that self-confidence, having that self-esteem. Now, you know, obviously there are people who lack that self-confidence and self-esteem, but this is why you need to work on that. You know, you and need not to try to find somebody that will make you feel good. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And, and understanding you are responsible for your own happiness. Yeah. You are responsible for your own happiness, you know? And so I totally... It's a really important point. It really is. It really is. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. Like I get the... I get it. When I say I get it, but don't get it, I get it because I empathize, but I don't get it because I don't know what that looks like in my world. So I get it, but I don't get it when people um, don't realize, you know, that staying in a toxic relationship is having so much more of a worse impact on them than if they were single and 
didn't have anyone. I think it might be because um, that's all they know. That kind of treatment, that kind of relationship, it's all they know. So they are like, well, but that's, that's the way relationships are. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That's, that's one of those, what I call self-sabotaging beliefs. You know, like you've seen, you've seen this with probably a family member, your parents, this is what you're used to. You know, what I say to that is that we've all grown up in different environments. Like I could talk about me personally. I grew up in an abusive home. It was not my, it was not my dad was abusive. My mom was the abusive one. So I know what being an abusive household looks like. But what I know is once I became an adult, I knew right from wrong. And I knew I did not want that in my home, in my relationship, in my environment. And Austria, we always have a choice. And like maybe did you, when you were in relationships, did you notice that you were kind of recreating those patterns? Oh, I was very conscious of not recreating those okay. patterns. So like I in your very- case, you were actually aware so I think like, I will, that's the important thing that you're aware correct. and that's when you can change it. Correct. It is self-awareness. I was very conscious of it first, even before relationships, I could tell you, I was conscious of it as it relates to my kids, because I, I made the decision. I always believe we have a choice. You know, I believe God creates these paths for us in our lives and we, we decide which path to go. We decide which route to take. Now, do we always choose the right paths? Definitely not, you know, but I made that conscious decision decision first as it relates to my kids. Like I knew I was not going to treat my kids the way that my mom treated us. So that was my first sense of self-awareness. And then it spilled over into my relationships. Like I knew that I wasn't going to let anyone treat me the way my mom treated my dad and us. So we all, we all got the same type of treatment. You know, so I know what it is like to be in that type of abusive relationship. So it's so heartbreaking when people stay in that same, what I call toxic dating cycle, that toxic relationship cycle. And then, you know, it's all about, that is all they know. It is very heartbreaking, you know, because I think people have to realize that the only constant thing in those cycles is you. Correct. You're the common denominator. Yes. And what I tell people is that you are not, your job is not to try to change that person. You can only control what happens with you. And if it means taking yourself out of the equation, then that is what you have to do at times. You know, like before I was a coach, I went through a divorce. Like I could speak about relationship woes. You know, I, I am not, I tell people I'm not exempt from any of that. At, at what I went point did you know that you that you want to get divorced? I think it's safe to say we all have stayed in relationships longer than we should have yeah. because I was no different. I was no different. It got to where nothing was changing. He was he was a cheater. And that's who he was. And he's still a cheater. <laughs> he's yeah. still a cheater. Um, we have a really good friendship now. Um, but that's because we're not we're not intertwined in that intimate um, way anymore. But it got to where I decided this is not what I signed up for. I've had enough of this. I am ready to move forward by myself. It doesn't matter how long I have to stay by myself. 
I was so focused on my kids. That was what mattered to me. Did you have like a moment when you realized it or like when you were like, okay, this is it like enough. Yes. Yes. There was the moment when, I mean, I had realized it a while back. Like I was married for almost 17 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I had realized it a while back, but, um, you know, we worked on certain things or we try to work on certain things, but then there would be another issue. It would happen again. The cheating would start again. He was just a cheater. There wasn't anything that was going to change that. He was a cheater. And so, yeah, I just got to the point where I had enough. I just got to the point where I had enough, Um, you know, and once again, that's where I got that mindset. And when I tell you, Astra, that we all have that God-given inner strength in us. Yeah, I was about to say, like, it takes a lot of courage to actually take that step, especially if you have built up pretty much like your whole life together with that. It does. It does. We all have that God-given inner strength in us, though. And, you know, we we have to dive deep and find it and bring it out and utilize it when we need to. And that is what I did. That is what I, that is what got me through my divorce. I was so focused on my kids, especially my son who was probably like 14 at the time. Um, You know, but I did not give myself, I did not give myself the option of falling into a rut. Yeah. Okay. I did not give myself the option Wait, of so falling how, into How did you not give that option? Because I think many times people can start to feel sorry for themselves and things like that. So how did you get in that mindset that like, it's not an option for me to get that way? Part of it, it's just, part of it is, I think it's once again, that God given inner strength that I just dug really deep and found. Like I prayed a lot. I had to pray a lot. I had to pray a lot, definitely. Um, you know, I thought back to my childhood and once again, you know, the bad, um, the bad, um, environment that I grew up in. And, and I knew that then I didn't have a choice. I was a child. I had no control over what was happening in this situation. I absolutely had some control, you know, I could control what happened with me. I could not control what happened able to. Correct. I know. Them. I know. I know. I could control what happened with me. And so that's when I knew I needed to take action to help myself. And that meant taking myself out of the equation. And yes, trust me, it is a God-given strength. Like I have to give him. Did that like taking yourself out of equation, did that make you feel maybe bad about yourself? Because I think no. many times it's it like- me- it made me feel powerful. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I kid you not. It made me feel powerful. I'm like, and that's why I use that term being a badass. I'm like, it made me feel powerful because like, I know who I am. I have never lacked any self-confidence, any self-esteem issues. I've never had that. And when I tell you, my kids are mini versions of me. It is, it is, <laughs> it is. Oh my God. It is so hilarious sometimes they are so overly confident but I prefer that I totally prefer that but because I've never had those type of issues like I never blamed anything that I might have been doing or not doing in a relationship that caused that I recognized that was just who he was yeah you know and so you know I once again I made that decision that I can control what happens with me and so no I felt powerful 
I felt and like powerful. I think you are you're like a great example for people that are like I'm not sure whether I want to get out of a relationship or not. That once you get out, you actually feel like free. That you actually can you kind of be yourself again. You absolutely feel free. Oh my gosh, that was like a weight lifted over me. Um, weight lifted off of me, yeah. I should say. And that's why you know and. And, you know, they say forgiveness is not for that person. It's for you. I have yeah. totally forgiven him. We're able, like I said, now to have such a good, what I call friendship. Um, you know, um, even though my son is grown because he's now 23, we still have conversations about him and what he's doing with his vehicle, what's happening with school. You know, he's a senior this year. He's graduating. And so we still have all these conversations about him and just life and whatever, because, you know, I've chosen to forgive him. I don't have to deal with him on that intimate level anymore. I recognize that that is who he is. He's not a bad person, but yeah. he's not marriage material. Yeah. And you like, know, he's not he's for not, you. He's not for me. He's not marriage material. He's not for me, but he's not a bad person in any form or fashion outside of. It's actually really important to distinguish me. both of them. The fact oh, yeah. that the person is doing something bad or not in like, at the level or like for your standards at the level of your standards doesn't mean that they are like bad person overall Correct. he's not a bad person at all he he's not marriage material he's a cheater he doesn't he doesn't understand the importance of um you know maintaining obviously family over everything else that you know that clearly was not as important yeah. and you know what that's his demons he has to deal with that and i no longer have to deal with that yeah. You know, that's going to be an issue that he needs to work on for him. But if yeah, he wants no, to, maybe mean, he's happy with the lifestyle. If he, he wants to. Yeah. If he absolutely wants like to. Like you are not going to stay and wait for him to do that or to decide that because maybe he never decides it. So like, I think it's really important to understand that like you can't change somebody, you can't fix, you can't yeah. try to like, if your relationship, you can try to kind of um, raise that question or try to communicate your needs or wants and what you might expect but if they're not willing to change just don't expect it just move on correct and it's not your responsibility not like just move on it's not that easy but <laughs> yeah sometimes it's not that easy you do have to you do have to put a plan in place right i mean sometimes people have had to get out out of relationships without having a plan in place for their own personal safety you know that that's a whole different issue um, but yes, you know, it's, it's not your responsibility to change that person. And I knew that I knew it was not my responsibility. And I kid you not, when I say there wasn't not even one moment when I thought that I was not doing or doing something that caused him to do anything that he did or behave the way that he did, or his cheating, his cheating um, behavior, I did not blame myself in any form or fashion for that that I realized that is who he is um how did you realize so that because I think many times people blame themselves or they're like oh I'm not attractive enough or like they don't love me enough and things like that um that's the reason why they cheat on you how did you know because, like that's not the case I think because I've always had since I can remember myself being an adult I've always had um what I called a I guess a more matured way of looking at things than some than some people who are my age. And I think it started with the fact that 
uh, my last year in high school, I was in what we had, what we call the business track in high school. And so we did on the job training. So my very first job was a legal secretary in a law firm. So I started in an environment where I was around professionals all the time. And I think that helped crafted and molded and morphed me into, you know, uh, a more mature person than some of the people who are my age. And I think having that maturity helped, you know, in so many ways, you know, I was able to look at things differently. I saw things with a whole new perspective. You know, I got without anyone teaching me, I got what I call a really good mentality around finances and how to save and what made sense about that and wanting home ownership. So I bought my first home at like, I think it was like 25. And once again, it was just because I was in that environment, I believe, yeah, you know, that helped, you know, that helped, you know, um, what I call sway me towards having those um, having that type of mentality about what I wanted and going after things and being, you know, being, um, being ever so mindful of, well, you know, this is okay. This is something that I need to strive for and, and just continue thriving, you know, um, and not just settling, not just settling, um, and just wanting to do more, wanting to do more with myself, even at that young age. I think it was just seeing the people that I had in my circle. You know, they say the five people in your circle are the most important ones. Yeah. I think because for me, that started really early. That helped to, um, that helped me to become who I was early on in my life. Yeah. You know, and that's why it even started with home ownership at such a young age. And then, so, you know, my mind just kind of got more and more developed to thinking big and wanting to do things more, wanting to travel more and wanting to get out, get outside of my comfort zone and wanting to be a business owner. Like we started a business really early on once we got married, you know, just things that the normal individual my age were not doing. You know, so I think that's what helped me in so many ways, but definitely my childhood and what I went through was what I believe one of the determining factors of why I knew when I had enough, you know, and that that was not what I signed up for. And I was not going to stay in that for everlasting time. You know, I believe I stayed too long. Let me be very clear about that. I think it's always the case. Yes, I believe I stayed too long, you know, not so much for the kids, um, but trying to make it work, you know, trying to make it work. Um, But yes, yeah, no, I knew when it was time to get out, I got out and, you know, I tell women all the time, this is what it looks like on the other side of divorce. I have a thriving business. My (laughs) kids are grown. They are doing well on their own. They, you know, um, even though my son was 14, you know, I did not pull him into what would have been, you know, getting him, you know, sucked into what was going on with, you know, with his dad and I. And so the only thing that I told him was that, you know, the only thing that's going to change is dad and I are not going to be together anymore. Your dad won't live here anymore. But I didn't tell him. How do you manage the co-parenting? Oh my God, it's awesome. 
it's it's awesome it's awesome and and once again it goes back to um like i said he's not a bad person so in in the grand scheme of things except for what a marriage should look like and him you know being faithful etc um his values about the other important things are aligned with mine okay so when it comes to our son um you know, like the, not, the divorce did not affect him at all. His grades didn't drop. Like nothing changed except the fact that his dad was no longer living here. You know, and that's all I told him that was going to be different. And that's all that was different. You know, his dad continued to spend so much time with him. You know, it wasn't uh, hauling and pulling and, you know, like women, you know, use the kids, you know, um <laughs> I think usually when people fight for like try to drive a wedge, like many times people forget that it's not about who gets the kid, it's about what's the best for the kid, which is like both parents. So it's about what's best for your kids. Like you, and that's the thing I tell women, you need to focus on what you need to focus on your kids. You need to focus on making sure your kids thrive. Your kids are the most important people in this whole equation when it comes to that, because you're already separating the family, right? You're already separating the family unit, but you have to focus on your kids and recognize that with the ignorance and immaturity of what some women do, your kids are the one that are suffering. Yeah. You know, the kids are the one that's suffering and it's so unfair to them. It's so unfair to them. And so you know, my son, who was the youngest at the time, he didn't have, he didn't, I, I was not going to put any of that on him. I was not, I was so focused on him because my daughter was already grown, but um, I was so focused on him and making sure that he was going to be okay, that there was no way I was going to, you know, do anything that was going to affect him negatively. No. So he's, he is, he has always thrived. He's, um, he is a really good young man. He's now a senior. He's um, he'll be graduating this summer. He's made the dean's list so many times. We have a great relationship. Um, you know, we stay in contact. He's only like 15 minutes away from home, actually, Austria. Yeah. He goes to college in Georgia. But, you know, we stay in touch because, you know, I'm not a I'm not a helicopter mom, but I stay plugged into, you know, what's happening with him. Yeah, I think that's, that's like a really right? good, like distance to keep. It's not like you're not there. It's not like you're always there, but you're still available yeah. when he needs you. Absolutely. And he still calls me with just, just simple things because the good thing is he doesn't, he, he doesn't act as if he's Mr. Know-it-all because he knows he doesn't know squat. And so oh, he that's, does. That's a good, that's really good. <laughs> yes. But he still calls to get my opinions on things. Yes. Yes, we have a really good relationship. Both of my kids, we have a really good relationship. I call them my mini me's. But you know, it all starts with how you raise your kids. Yeah. You know, it all starts with how you raise your kids. And the same thing with relationships. When you when you build what you know is a solid foundation in so many ways in all relationships in your lives, it just, you know, that that foundation is what withstands everything else. Yeah. You know, it 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 spans it spans the gamut of relationships in our lives in so many ways. When you build a solid foundation, whatever that looked like for the type of relationship that you have, you know, whether it's with a parent, your child, your other half, mm -hmm. you know, it's all about building a foundation. 
Yeah. And I guess most people don't think about it that way, you know? Yeah, well, I think it's it's hard to think about it many times when you are so, like, excited. Like, usually when you start a relationship, it's exciting. Like, it's a new person. Of course. There's so of much course. to explore. But I think many times we we get too, like, distracted with those things that we forget about, like, the fundamentals. Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. Um, and, you know, and that's why I say when you know better, you do better. Because, you know, if you're doing things the same all this time, you're continuously doing things the same and nothing is changing, then you need to figure out what needs to be done differently. Yeah. Or like, don't expect things to change. Like, don't that's, expect things to it's change. Like if you have bad relationship after bad relationship, maybe start to look in the mirror as well. Like it's not right. the, the other person because there is something or some way how you attract those people. Correct. So maybe start to Definitely. work on yourself. Once again, taking that accountability for a role in relationships, yes, because it, it absolutely could be the type of person we're attracting. You're absolutely right about that. And, you know, and that's, and that's why, you know, I do what I do because, you know, I tell people all the time at some point in our lives, we all need help with something. Yeah. We absolutely do. You know, I know I needed help with my business. Hence, I have two business coaches. <laughs> I think it's also you know, important to learn to ask for that help and not feel like have, guilty yes. for asking it. And you do have to, you do have to recognize that you do want to get help and actually, like you said, ask for help. Yes. Don't let your pride prevent you from Nobody reaching out. Nobody can see that I don't know something. <laughs> Yes, don't I think I was like that for like really long time. And then with time I was like, okay, like, well, I don't know this. Somebody else knows. I might as well just go and ask them. And they help. Yes. Me. Sometimes we just need to ask for help. Um, you know, and not let our stubbornness to to our stubbornness of thinking that well, shoot, I can figure it out on my own. <laughs> I'm an yeah, adult. Like, well, you, well, can you can it figure it out, but like you have only limited a, amount of time to live. So. Actually, how much time is it gonna? You're so right. How much time is it gonna take me to figure it out? Do I want to waste this time? Like, what is my time? What is wasting time gonna cost me? You know. Um, and for yeah. like people in relationships, you know, I'm glad you kind of touched on that because, like, for example, in relationships when you've wasted all this time with that person that is not right for you, that's not going to change. You've seen the same patterns. Nothing is, um, nothing is different. It's costing you a lot. Yeah. It's costing you time. You can't ever get back. You know, it's costing you. It's costing you. Also like new lessons because like you can learn as like limited amount of lessons with this one person of like pretty much like what you don't want, which is important lesson to learn. What is it that you actually definitely. don't want? But we then definitely like at some point you're like, okay, I, I have to move on. So like, even like talking about like waste of time, I, I would never look at anything as waste of time as long as you learn from it because bad relationship. Oh, I know what I don't want. Yes. And, and you're so right um, that you actually have to, uh, be mindful of that. You're learning a lesson from it. Yes. Because, you know, our mistakes don't define who we are. We're supposed to learn and grow from them. You know, we're supposed to learn and grow. And, you know, um, when I use that phrase, wasting time or wasting your time, you know, what happens is that the longer, for example, you stay in a bad relationship, 
you're costing yourself a lot. You're also costing- them, because like you just know that you're you're not a match. So now you're both wasting your time trying to make this work or like you're trying to stick to this person where like, well, we just we just have to go separate ways. Like it's it's time. Yeah, and, and, and when you're in it, you're definitely not thinking that, you know? Well, yeah, um, then you think something else. Well, maybe this is going to work. They are going yes, to change. I really feel that he, he says this time he's going to change. But you're like, also This time. The, correct, this time. But, you know, you're also blocking the blessings of finding that person who is the right man for you. Who, you like, know, you wouldn't blocking- have to have a lot of this times. They will just be like that from the beginning. Yes, you're blocking the blessings of finding that person. And so I try to get women to understand that when you stay in a bad relationship, the longer you stay, you're blocking the blessings of finding the right man. And clearly, um, we know that, yes, the right man out there, he is very rare. He is few and far between, but he exists. But he exists. You know, there are good men, there uh, are like men another are- way how how I, I have viewed it like myself, and I have said any other people as well is like, while you are working on yourself, your partner is working on themselves as well. And then yes. at some point you will meet. But you're both, like, I'm so working glad on yourself. you said that I am so glad you said that I love it because that's where I was going to touch on next that there are men out there looking for the same type of relationships that you're looking for. You know, and it is so worth it to wait until you find that right person, not thinking, well, it's going to take me 10 years to find him. You know, life is flying yeah, by. Like just just like focus on working on yourself to get yourself Correct. in a place where you attract that person. Because now, like, let's say, and I have had conversations with people when they were like, oh, like I was in a mindset where I was working on myself and I was I wasn't looking for a relationship because I was tired of it. I was just working on myself. And that's when I attracted the right person because you were working on yourself and you attract different people. Correct. It's not, you don't go, you don't go out literally looking for that person. Trust me. You, yeah, like, um, you, you can't find somebody by looking for them. No. Like, I, think, I think that's pretty much like, that's what I would define as waste of time where you just seek yeah. for somebody to come and be like this, like the savior that is going to be like, I don't know, your future husband, whatever. Like you can't really find somebody by looking for them like you can date and like things like that but if you now let's say now that that my project for next six months is to find my husband as if like you said as if he's a project or is he or he's you know he's um he's an object that you have to go looking for (laughs) yes you don't go looking you just like you said you work on yourself and trust me you know i really believe god puts people the right people in our paths we don't always see when it's the right people. We don't always see the right path. But I really believe he does create those opportunities for us. It is up to us to see. Yeah. And so what I also say to women is that, you know, when they say things to me like, well, I pray to God about it and I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Well, my famous response <laughs> to that is God helps those who help themselves. Yeah. Okay. God helps those who help themselves. That's and so really what, that point. Means, what that means is that <clears throat> you may be in the grocery store and God may put him in that aisle. And no, you do not stand at the end of the aisle waiting for him to approach you. This is 2021. 
Okay. He may be at the other end of the aisle and no, you don't wait for him approach for, each, for him to approach you. You may have to approach him because yeah. God put him in your path, but he's not going to do the work for you. Yeah. You know, you would have put him in your path, but then you have to do your path. You have to do your part. <clears throat> I'm sorry. You have to do your part, you know? So yes, I really believe that God helps those who help themselves. And so we each have a part to play in what happens in our lives, in our relationship, just in everything that we do. And it's up to us to recognize that we do have a part to play and actually doing that part. I think not just waiting, like he's, one, not gonna, he's not going to drop in your lap. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like, and now life is perfect and you do nothing. Like another thing that I was thinking as you were speaking, um, that's something that I was talking about, um, let's say happiness. When you focus on getting happy, you're telling yourself that you're lacking something. And I think the same is like, let's say when you focus on, on like getting money or getting successful, you're telling yourself that you're not successful. And it might be the same with relationships. It's like when you look for this one person and like, that's your main focus, you're telling yourself that you're lacking something. But when you're in a place yeah. where you don't look, you don't feel like you're lacking something. And that's when you attract them. That is so true. That is so true. And it comes from having that sense of, you know who you are and you're comfortable with who you are. You know that you that you know that you you are valuable. You know that you are enough. Yeah. You know, but you have to have you have to have that mindset that you are enough and that someone else is just going to add to the goodness and the greatness that you already bring. Yeah. You know, not complete you. You know, and that's why I said it's so important to recognize that we are all responsible for our own happiness. You know, we are all responsible for our own happiness. You don't leave your happiness in someone else's hands. You don't because they can't make you happy to the extent or it's not their job to even try to make you happy. It is your job, your responsibility. So when, in fact, they don't make you happy like you're (laughs) expecting them to, then you're not pissed at them. Then you're not ready to lash out at them because you've now put something in their hands that they are not responsible for. It is so unfair, but you have to recognize that, you know, and not everyone recognizes that, right? You know, it takes a lot of self-work even to be aware of yourself. Like I have been working on my self-awareness like for years and I still find, and I think like the more you work on yourself, the more you see what you need to work on (laughs) I agree. I am right there with you. I am right there with you. We're all a work in progress, but you do have to be conscious and ever so mindful of that. Yes, that we can always continue to improve. We can always work on things that we want um, to see um, uh, another version of ourselves in a better version of ourselves. Um, take what we know about ourselves the whole other level. Yeah. You know, um, but you have to be conscious of that and actually put in the work to make it happen. Yeah. You know, it takes work, just like relationships take work, right? Everything takes work. Um, working on yourself. That's why it's called working on yourself. <laughs> you know, it takes action. Action is necessary. So just like, like one, one thing that my, my mentor said is that hard work is free. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Correct. You don't have to pay Correct. anything to do hard work. Correct. And see, that's the thing. Um, you know, like you talk about relationships and, and it takes work. Well, you know what? It, it should not be considered 
quote unquote, hard work. It should be proactive. So you're constantly doing things to improve the relationship, to make it better. And that way it's not, you're waiting until something, you know, the bottom falls out. So then you have to do all this climbing back to get back to where you are. It's being proactive. It's being proactive. Relationship, your- it's, it's like everything. The more work you put in, the more you get out. It's really Absolutely. simple equation. <laughs> it is. It, it is such a simple equation. <laughs> the more you so put right. in, the more you're going to get out. Like that's, you're that's simple. So right. Yes. You're, you're so right. And that's why it has to be proactive. It has to be um, continuous. You know, it has to be constant. Yeah. Actually like continuous. That's like a key word. It's not like you get in a relationship, you work for two months and now, now you stop and you get married and you just stay the same. Yeah, then you're comfortable. Well, I already yeah. have him. We're married. And I mean, what else do I need to do? <laughs> yes. What else do you want? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it has to be continuous. Um, you know, you have to keep your, you have to keep the spark and the spice in your relationship and you have to be ever so mindful of that, the fact that it's a relationship means there are two of you, yeah. you know, it, you, you definitely can't revert back to the mindset of, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. It's now a we, we, how does, how does my actions affect him? Yeah. You know, how does his actions affect me? Like it has to be a constant um, realization that your actions does affect someone. You know, what you say, what you do, um, you know, things that you want to happen and you take action to make them happen because you wanted them to. Well, how does that affect the other person that's in the equation? You know, um, you just have to be ever so mindful of these things. And most people just aren't. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, and I think like even if even if somebody struggles to see those things, like just ask them. What, what do you think I could work on or what you'd want me to improve so that like maybe you feel better in relationship or something like that? Because many times we, we don't see those things or we, we might not even know what the other person wants. So you have to be able, and when they tell you, listen and don't yes. argue back. <laughs> and you know what? I'm so glad you said that because that's why it's so important to constantly communicate. Like relationships are just like a car. They need a tune-up. They need checkups. So you have to constantly communicate these things. And you need to have check-ins, whatever that looks like. It could be a weekly check-in that may be too often for some people it could be a monthly check-in but you have to check in you know you don't just drive your car and um you don't do anything to it it's gonna run down it's gonna run out of gas you know you it's the same thing with your relationship you have to check in to see what may need fine-tuning you know um what may need to change, things that you may need to do a little differently, but you need to have those kind of conversations. Yeah. I, I heard act- again, like mentioning Jordan Peters, and he said that you should have like, let's say 90 minutes when it's just like like dating or being together, and then another 90 minutes a week where you sit down and you talk about like some basic stuff like family, some household things, like or like where you're going in like future and things like that. But you have those like weekly checkups where you're pretty much on track and you don't have to like, and you, and you also don't have to be like, Oh, 
we don't have time to talk about this now, but you know that you will have this time at the end of the week or exactly. like whenever you decide that you can just sit down and have these conversations. Exactly. And you don't have to be like, oh, you never have time to talk. Well, we have this time where exactly. you sit, like we sit down and we have these conversations. Exactly. That's why check-ins are so important. Yes, you're so right about that. And he's so right about that because, you know, if, if, yeah, if there comes a time where, you know, once again, there is that issue that it may not be the right timing today to talk about it because you're not in a good mood. He's not in a good mood. You got home for work. You're tired. Well, you know, tomorrow is your set time to have your check-in. Yeah. So, so there's you, no you know, point have- to raise it now. <laughs> Correct. Correct. You, you should, you, you're, you're giving yourself what I consider probably more than sufficient time to calm down if you were not in yeah. the best mood that before, you know? And so that's why it's so important to have check-ins. Yes. You know, and that way the communication flows, it's constant, you know, you're not letting things fester because if you're being genuine, if you're being honest with your partner, you're going to talk about those issues during the check-ins. Just as you said it, I was you thinking know? about how important it is to, have these honest conversations where you both have this agreement that whatever we are going to say, we are not going yeah. to get offended or um, or get angry or something like that. Because I think sometimes it's hard to have honest conversations when you are afraid to hurt somebody. So I think it's important to be like, okay, now we're going to have an honest conversation where like, okay. if you tell me something that hurts me, I have to take it. Or like I will communicate it back what actually was hurting me. And then we can work from there. But we need to have those honest conversations where like you hurt me, I hurt you. But it's just for our own like development. Not where we're like trying yeah. to hurt each other, but saying things that you yes. want to say that you have been holding in because you don't want to hurt the other person. You don't want to hurt that person. Yeah, no. What I tell my clients, like you say that, is having open, honest and safe communication is essential. Like, yes, you have to be honest, you know? And if he's the right person, um, you know, and you think both ways, if you're, if he or she's the right person, you are comfortable having open, honest, and safe communication, you know? Um, that's the only way your relationship is gonna work. That's the only way your relationship is gonna thrive. If yeah. you are being open, if you are being honest, if you do feel that, you're in a safe space or that that person provides you with that comfort level where you do um, definitely feel that you can open up to them and be honest and communicate about what I call the good and the bad. You know, how how would you define like that safe space? How can one, like, let's say two people in relationship, how can they create that like safe space when they can have these honest conversations? Well, it definitely has to start with, um, knowing who that person is, you know, and that's why they, and that's why having that, what I call a blueprint of your ideal partner is so important because you need to know the personality of this person, you know, and his personality, if we're going to talk about us as women, his personality needs to align with yours. So you'll know that he is someone who, who is all about honesty. He's respectful, you know, he's understanding, He's willing to communicate with you. And so once you have all of those things, or once he has all of those qualities, you do feel comfortable and that you're in a safe space because you know he's going to listen. You know he's going to try to understand where you're coming from. You know he's going to respect you as a woman, right? He's going to 
listen. He's going to pay attention. He's going to try to really understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, so you can obviously continue to communicate. So there's that open, um, there's that open line of communication. There's that safe space you will know that there is a safe space with him because he would have already shown you that that's who he is, yeah. you know, by his personality, him being respectful him communicating with you, wanting to communicate, being understanding, you know, being trustworthy, being consistent, yeah. you know, he, he would have shown you all those qualities. So you wouldn't know that it's a safe space. And then it provides yeah. you with that comfort level. Yeah. It makes know, sense. To be able to open up to him. I think like also important thing is um well usually in your previous relationships you start you learn like certain things so it's also important maybe if they're not able to give that safe space to be able to communicate what it is so let's say if you if you have a conversation and like your partner is sitting on phone you're like okay so I don't feel heard or that you're paying attention and for me to be able to feel safe to share like certain things that might be like more making you like making me like more vulnerable i need to have your full attention otherwise i don't feel like i am in safe space to actually share those things so i think it's important to be able to communicate what is it that not only like know what is what is it that makes you feel safe well it's kind of both ways so you have you yeah. want to know what is it that helps you feel safe that they bring but also be able to communicate if they don't bring that what would help you to feel more safe having that conversation Correct. Correct. That makes sense. And that's why it's so important that people recognize that, okay, if you've ever been in a relationship, you have emotional baggage, right? We all have it. Some <laughs> people just have heavier baggages, right? Like it's dra they're dragging it around. It's how, how, heavy. Would you, how would you define emotional baggage? How would you define it? Well, we have emotional baggage because it's, it's unresolved issues from a past okay, relationship. Yeah. Like we all have some level of that, yeah. you know, the relationship ended and some things didn't get resolved. So it, it creates emotional baggage. Um, you know, what's important is recognizing that you have it and being able to get rid of it. Um, oh my God, my stomach is growling. Did you hear it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my stomach is growling and it's like, feed me Seymour. <laughs> um, so you know, we all have emotional baggage because we've been in previous relationships. So when, when people let their emotional baggage um, create problems in their next relationship, it's because, you know, they don't even recognize that it is called emotional baggage, that they're dragging it from one relationship to the other, whether it's having lack of trust, whether it's not being able to communicate, whether it's not feeling that they're worthy enough. So, you know, they go into yeah. the next relationship with all this baggage and it's going to just create havoc. You know, it's what I call a bull in a China shop. It's going to wreak havoc on your relationship. You know, <laughs> it's going to yeah. absolutely wreak havoc, but we all have baggage. It's just the, the, the weight of the baggage, how heavy it is. And for some people, it's extremely heavy. And also how much you the have other person can take. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. How much the other person can take because like I said, it could, you could be a bull in the China shop 
and you think about what that looks like, there's only but so much that that person probably would be willing to take, (laughs) you know? Um, So it's being ever so mindful of those things. Like there's so many things that go into dating, Um, like so many things that go into dating that matter in order for you to have a healthy relationship, you know, but um, most people don't think about them. Unfortunately, they don't recognize that they need to work on those things. They never actually work on those things. I think many and times it's because they don't sad, they see the fault in themselves. They don't. Absolutely. <laughs> and the sad thing is, Austria, is that some people have never in their entire lives had a healthy relationship ever, yeah. ever in their entire lives. And not only you with know? others, but with themselves as well. Correct. 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 That is so true. I mean, and it's, and, and not just not having a healthy romantic relationship, but relationships with anyone else. Yeah. You know, and once again, it goes back to that person. Yes. You know, it goes back to that person. So I think it's just so sad that, um, you know, there's so much dysfunction in relationships as a whole, not just romantic relationships. There's so much dysfunction in relationships that people have normalized that they don't even see that it's dysfunctional. Yeah, because like, that's, that's usually, it's been like, frustrating for me to try to explain somebody that this, this is like, not normal. It's not the way it should be. Like, that's, that's actually like, that's how it shouldn't be. But like for them, it's really hard to understand it because they have never been in different situation or let's say they have never uh, resolved conflicts differently or things like that. So they don't really know how it is not to be in that situation. And, and, they've, and they've normalized that. Like that is the norm in their world. Yeah. And so that's what they're and that's when they and yeah and that's when they that's when they attract something like that they're not surprised they're like oh this is normal and when somebody from yeah. the side comes in and they're like well it's not what do you mean yes. it's not like it's the way it is like that's that's my rea- reality so and I, and i guess that and i guess that's why for me having grown up in an abusive household you know um for me and i just of course it just okay so let's let me just keep it real we know that common sense is not always common, right? I mean, it may sound, no, it may sound however it sounds, but that's the long and short of it. So for me, I guess early on, for me, the way I looked at that, it wasn't so much the common sense part of it. It was knowing right from wrong. That's what I chalked it up to be, knowing right from wrong. And because of the way I grew up, like once I became an adult, I knew that was wrong. You know, even though I saw it as a child and I didn't like what was happening, didn't like what I saw, I may not have necessarily called it that it was wrong and and recognized so much that it was wrong. But once I became an adult, there's no doubt, you know, that I knew right from wrong. And so once again, I take it back to that. We always have a choice. You choose right or you choose wrong. There's right and there's wrong. You know, or and you can also that- choose that you don't have a choice. Get correct. <laughs> <laughs> correct. You know, so it's just, you know, I I really just take it back to what I what I concluded for myself. And I guess I just expect other people to just kind of, 
do the same thing, have the same mentality, have the same thoughts about it, that we always have a choice. And you just choose which path you want to go. You choose which direction you want to be, want to, you know, one you want to be a part of. You choose who you want to share your heart and your life with. You choose what actions you want to take. You know, we always have a choice. Yeah. You know, we, we have actually, free- we might actually like finish off on this note. Like, what is it? Like, maybe what's the path that you're moving towards or like what's something that you're working toward or you work towards like what people can expect from you in the future oh my goodness just greatness now what does greatness (laughs) look like i haven't totally visualized it i haven't totally visualized do do you have like a vision board um i do have a vision board i do have a vision board i need to update it it's very old i do have a vision board but i have one right here see like oh that's yours okay i have several ones but that's like the latest one do you update it often or you i think i I have like let's say i have some that are let's say for a few months some are for years some are for life they're like different they change okay Okay. Okay. You have different ones. Okay. Well, that's, that's really awesome that you have different ones because then they serve different purposes, correct? Yeah. And like, let's say every morning I sit and I look at that one and I visualize it for like five minutes. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Yes. I need to, I need to update mines right now because I only have one. I only have one. And also like when you, when you create the vision board, you can write on the other side or save somewhere like when did you create it? And it's really interesting yeah. to look back what you created like one year ago and what you have now and many things you might already have like got in your already life. Already accomplished, correct. Yeah. Correct, that that does make sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And I guess if I had to think on what I, you know, what I have visualized, not fully visualized it, but what I have somewhat visualize for you know where I want to take my business and where I want to be is you know because I'm so passionate about helping women and empowering them you know um, themselves and their love lives like one of my goals is to you know create um, a non uh, nonprofit foundation for women who who don't have the resources who don't have the the support system, and they need to get out of abusive relationships. They need some place where they can just pack their kids up at a moment's sight, you know, at the drop of a dime and just get out because it is all about their safety and nothing else at that point, you know? So it is creating a foundation where, you know, they do have that type, those type of resources where, you know, it's, it's an environment where they can, learn how to get back to loving themselves because for a lot of them they would have lost themselves and it's very heartbreaking yeah and like you know, the longer you stay in that relationship the more it can damage you the more the more it causes more a mental emotional physical toll and i think also absolute, it's the harder to get out it's harder to get out yes because you feel you've invested so much time and then you do have and you know and they they unfortunately have that fear because yeah. they've already their mind have already been conditioned and brainwashed to have that fear of what's going to happen if they leave. Yeah. Like, it, you know, you, you get in that like powerlessness. Correct. That's the word 
space where you you just feel like you you're powerless you can't really do anything you're powerless yeah so it's just you know it's just having that you know having that organization um that provides them with those type of resources that type of support where they and their children can actually start over you know um you know, help them get back on their feet, find a job, make sure the kids are in school, that, you know, that they're getting the type of probably therapy that they need. Yeah. You know, a lot of people need therapy because of the situations that they've been in, you know? So ultimately that is what I visualize for where I want to take my business on a whole other level. And just being able to have, like I said, those type of resources available for women who need it. Um, because I think for a lot of women, they don't feel that they have some place to go. They don't feel that they have someone that they I can trust. I think also many people, they don't even communicate that they have that kind of relationships. Because no. I think there comes no, a lot of they're shame and embarrassment. When it comes Correct. To- Correct. They're ashamed to tell their family members, even probably a best friend. Yeah. Yes. Now, would they probably tell a stranger? Maybe. But their best friend, family member, they don't want to share that type of information. And so absolutely, they don't go to that, those people for help, you know, when those should be their support system. But unfortunately, they're not turning to them for help. Their family members and friends don't even know that they need help, you know. Um, so just providing those kind of opportunities and resources for women like that, because there's so many women that, that, you know, that deserve to be in, not so much deserve to be, um, that they, they they deserve to be in a healthy relationship, but even before that, like they need to get back to knowing themselves, loving themselves, being, being aware of their value, being aware of, you know, their self-worth, you know, um, and sometimes, you know, some people just, you can't do that on your own. Yeah. You can't do that. On it your is really own. hard. I remember mm-hmm. when I started, <laughs> when I started working on myself, which was like, I think I was like 14 years old or something. I realized something yeah. is wrong with me or like, I'm not that like confident and things like that. And what happened mm-hmm. was that because I didn't really have any help apart from like books is that I would identify why is it that I feel this way? And then I would be like, I feel bad about that. And then I feel even worse <laughs> and I didn't know how to get out of it. So you actually, when you're trying to do those things by yourself, you can actually just go in circles that like, okay, I am aware why I am this way, but then I start to feel bad about being this way or why I got this way. And then you just start to go down, like, and you just go in circles. Yeah. So it is important yeah. to have somebody yeah, from the side. Correct. And you have to give yourself some grace, right? You have to give yourself some grace process because you're aware of it. You think that you are doing something to try to help yourself, but you just don't realize like at your age, you just didn't realize that you didn't know how to help yourself. Yeah. And like in that moment, you don't really think about how grateful you are for acknowledging or seeing that you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm a mess. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you don't know how to like fix yourself. So I think it's really important to have somebody from the side that is maybe also less emotionally involved in your life that is able to help you. Yes. I mean, that's, that's why we all need a support system in so many ways. We all need a support system, Um, you know, for so many different reasons. I mean, you could have one friend that, 
you know, she's there to cry with, um, you know, um, another one who's there to give you that hard love talk that you yeah. need, you know, it may not be the same friend for both of those, but you know, there's that one friend who she's going to keep it real with you. She's going to, she's going to practice tough love. That's what I meant to say. Tough yeah. love. She's going to give it to you straight. You need to hear it. You don't want to hear it, but you need to hear it. You know, so you need a support system. Um, you know, some, some of us are fortunate enough to find that support system in one person, perhaps, but others, you may need two or three yeah. people. Yeah. You like, know? it's okay. Because like, you can have people that you go and like party with, you can have people that you yeah. have serious conversations with, exactly. like each person has like different, like purpose, but not to, like, to, like, yeah. not to people down but like that's just like with some people you just go and have fun with some people you just like have like educational conversations yeah. somebody else you might talk about like kids or like relationships and right. things like that correct correct but you have people you have people in your circle who serve a purpose yes um and not that they're just serving a purpose as if as in you're using them but yeah. no, they're not. Just that, that's what I was life. trying to explain. <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> yes, correct. You have them, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they serve a purpose. They, they bring value to your life in some form or fashion. You bring value to theirs, you know, and it's mutual, yeah. you know, but, um, but it's so important to have a support system. Yes. Very, very. Yeah. Well, Very. thank you for coming and for having um well yes. this conversation was amazing. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it was. Thank you so much for touching on some of the topics that yes, I mean it's you know the important topics. <laughs> we didn't even you get know? past the first secret. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do that in another episode. That's yeah, perfectly well, I fun. would love to have you back on sometime and then you can update about how you're getting on with that uh with everything pretty much <laughs> yes yes no definitely no definitely it was a pleasure to be here you know what and if i had to wrap up with any words it would just be for that woman that is watching that is within the sound of my voice to always know your worth yeah. realize that you are enough you bring value to your relationships you know, recognize that you hold the power to control the course of your relationship and to truly acknowledge that just being in a relationship is not enough, but that you should be in a healthy one. And like if you're the one who is controlling your life, world. not somebody else. Yeah, correct. This is a good end note. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> you're quite welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. All right. It's okay. Okay, well, we will talk again soon. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Thank you.